Unsettled times lead to much anxious speculation about the future. That's true in our day with revolutions and wars in the Middle East, financial failures at home and abroad, and political debates picking up speed. But it was also true in John's day. He was a prisoner on the Isle of Patmos. The other apostles had all been martyred, and at least one local preacher had been killed for the faith. Everyone was wondering what the future held for the church. And through a vision, John was informed that he was about to be shown what was about to take place. It was obvious. The immediate future didn't look good. So what John was promised would help prepare the church for what lay ahead. Before God revealed to John the future, he gave him a vision of the throne of heaven. It was imperative that the Christians be assured that God was still in control, that he was still ruling the universe even if the immediate future looked bleak. Once that was made clear, the future could be unfolded with confidence. So now the vision continues in the fifth chapter of Revelation, and we see a book in the hand of God, a book that is sealed with seven seals, and we anxiously await for the book to be opened. But there seems to be a problem. Before the book can be opened, someone has to be found who is worthy to open it. Revelation chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. Now, as we noted in the fourth chapter, there was no attempt to picture the person of God on the throne of heaven. All we saw was the radiance of God, like the radiance of precious gems streaming from the throne. Here, however, we do see a hand in the midst of the radiance. And we see a hand because we're meant to visualize something in the hand of God. What is seen in God's hand is a book, or more properly, a scroll. A scroll with writing on both the inside and the outside. So, a scroll filled with, with much information. But the scroll was sealed with seven seals. Now, it was a common practice in ancient times to seal up important documents. Contracts were often sealed so they couldn't be altered, and wills were sealed by as many as seven witnesses, only to be opened by them or the representatives at the death 
of the testator. So what we have here is a very important document in the hand of God, and not one that just anyone can open. Next, we see a search began. A search for someone to open the book. Someone with the moral authority to take the book from the hand of God Almighty. Someone able to open it and reveal its contents to John, to the hosts of heaven, and to us. A strong angel with a loud voice initiates the search. Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals, he asks. But no one responds except here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no one in heaven was worthy. No spiritual being was able to open the book. No one on earth was worthy. No living man dared to think he could open it. And no one under the earth in the grave was worthy. No one who had ever lived, not even the patriarchs of old, could open it. It appeared that no one in the entire physical or spiritual universe could open the book and look into it. It appeared that its contents would be sealed forever. That no one other than God himself would know what the future holds. And that no one would therefore be able to make sense out of what was about to take place. John wouldn't be given a vision of the future after all. The saints in Asia Minor weren't going to be strengthened as John had been led to believe. They weren't going to be given additional insight into the meaning of the persecutions they were enduring. They weren't going to get additional assurances that victory was secure. It appeared that John's vision was about to come to an abrupt end because no one was worthy to open the scroll that contained the remainder of the vision. So John began to weep and to weep greatly. His heart was broken. His hopes had been dashed. He wasn't going to be able to deliver the message of hope and encouragement that he knew the Christians needed. Or so it appeared to him. John, like so many of us, jumped to a conclusion before the matter had been concluded. How often do we despair when things don't go the way we think they ought to go? How often do we throw in the towel and assume God has lost control because the immediate future looks bleak to us? The apostles went back to fishing for fish when Jesus didn't show up as soon as expected. They thought their kingdom work was over, but it wasn't. And John thought his vision was over, but it wasn't. Let's read on. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping! Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, 
having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, set out into all the earth. And he came and took it out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. One of the 24 elders who sat upon the thrones that encircled the throne of God broke into John's premature pity session and said, Stop weeping! Open your eyes! Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book. And it's seven seals. In a moment of disappointment, John had forgotten that there was one who without a doubt would be worthy. The lion from the tribe of Judah would be able to open the book. The one prophesied from the lineage of David would be able. The mighty Messiah of God would be worthy. Surely John had realized that. Then as he cleared his eyes to look, expecting to see a mighty lion come forth, John saw between the throne and the elders, close to the four cherubim, not a lion, but a lamb. A lamb that had been slain. He could see that its throat had been slashed and its blood spilt as a sacrificial offering. But this lamb was standing. It was the risen lamb of God. On his head were seven horns and seven eyes. The horns were symbols of power. And as we've seen, seven is the number for completeness, for fullness. This risen lamb of God was all-powerful, omnipotent. The seven eyes indicated that he was all-seeing, all-knowing, omniscient. The seven eyes were also symbols of the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit. And through the agency of the Holy Spirit, the Lamb could be present everywhere. Omnipresent. This Lamb was the Messiah of promise. The Savior, the Redeemer of man, the very Son of God who had become a man, died a sacrificial death to pay the penalty for sin and then rose victorious over death, securing for us the promise of eternal life. This Lamb went directly to the throne of God and took the scroll out of the very hand of him who sat on the throne, out of the very hand of God. And he could do this because the Lamb alone is worthy. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, having each one a harp, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break his seals, for thou wast slain and didst purchase for God with thy blood men from every tribe and tongue and nation. And thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And I looked. 
And I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down. What a picture. When the risen Lamb of God took the scroll from the hand of God, all heaven and earth broke forth with his praises. The four living creatures, the cherubim of God, fell down before the Lamb. And the twenty-four elders fell down before him, offering to him the prayers of thanksgiving and praise that had come before the throne of God from the saints on earth. They then took up their harps and sang a new song, the song of redemption, declaring, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou wast slain and is purchased for God with thy blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Their song proclaimed that the Lamb was worthy because he had been slain. He had shed his blood. He had paid the price necessary to secure the future for men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, all men everywhere who would trust him to save them. The gift of eternal life was now available to anyone who desired to be a part of the kingdom of God. All could be made priests. And be given access to the throne of God because that access had been purchased by the slain and risen Lamb of God. All could celebrate their future because all could share in the reign of Almighty God and His people. All could be a part of the kingdom of God on earth, the church, and in heaven. This caused even the elders to sing. And they were joined by myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands of angels. The entire host of heaven joined in saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. The risen Lamb of God has all power. He's able to do anything. He has all riches. He has the resources to meet every need. He has all wisdom. He has the solution to the questions and problems of life. He has all strength. He's able to disarm the powers of evil and overthrow Satan himself. He is deserving of all honor. Indeed, every knee will bow before him. And all glory 
sharing all the praise due to God Himself. And all blessing for everything that is good comes from Him. The heavenly chorus was then joined by every created thing in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and in the sea. And together they proclaimed to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. The Creator and Redeemer were together in the throne room of God. The Lamb of God had paid the price, had proven Himself worthy to take the sealed up future from the hand of God and to reveal it to those who had entrusted themselves to Him. Their immediate future, no matter how bleak, could be revealed and endured because their future had been secured by the Lamb of God. We too, we too, can join with the hosts of heaven in singing praises to the Lamb if we've bowed before Him, if we've surrendered to His Lordship. Because of Him, our future is secure. And so can yours be, if you'll but surrender to the Lordship of the Lamb. If you've not done so, now is the time to add your voice to the heavenly chorus declaring, Worthy is the Lamb. If He's worthy to take the book from the hand of God and open it, He's certainly worthy to be your Savior. Amen? Worthy. Thou art worthy. Let's share that.